This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This podcast is brought to you by Team Trait, a digital solution that helps you hire, optimize, and retain employees. Using psychometric assessments to identify more than 100 professional mindset traits, it gives instant reports you can use to build high-performing teams. Get two free profiles today, no commitment, no credit card required, at teamtrait.com. Team, T-R-A-I-T Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. You know, Lee, today we've got a terrific guest who can not only talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and branding, and advertising, but also how to be thoughtful with all that when trying to expand your business internationally. She's got some best practices and some great thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I, I would have to think that it becomes even more important as you're expanding internationally because now, you know, it's like in America, we, we're aware of the cultures that we have to, you know, be aware of, you know, and, and trying to trying to deploy DEI here. Uh, but internationally, you've got a whole wealth of other cultures, and you have to be considered a, a, as well. And I can't wait to crack into this topic. <laughs> Me neither. So my name is Audrey Strong. I'm the vice president of communications at Sales Fuel. And I'm Celie Smith. I am the president and CEO of Sales Fuel. I have a frog in my throat, but Leslie Short is at our microphones. Leslie, thank you for coming today. We sure appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. So for those of you who don't know Leslie, you need to know her. She is founder of the Cavo Group and the author of Expand Beyond Your Current Culture. She has an accomplished background that includes running marketing and PR for FUBU, serving as corporate operating strategist for Blueprint Plus Company and starting several successful international businesses. She's been developing multicultural mosaic marketing and programming all the way back to 98. And in her book, Expand Beyond Your Current Culture, she offers tips on how to think differently about diversity and inclusion to achieve a sustainable, diverse and inclusive workplace. You've been said in some of your content, don't just do the checklist, oh, I'm done now. This yeah. is like a long-term thing you need to implement. It's a lifestyle She's, change, as we say, in, in, in fitness, right? <laughs> it's a commitment. Yeah. A huge commitment. She's also a fellow podcaster with her show name Visibility Unlimited, and you can see that video version on the YouTube channel of the uh, Cabo Group. So, Leslie, I mean, I to start on this, Where what are you seeing currently? Let's do a snapshot. It's October 2021. We're recording this. How are we doing on the DEI? I saw some things where you said, you know, people are saying they're going to implement it. And a year later, they're calling me saying I haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where we are, unfortunately. Um, and not with everyone. Look, like, like everything, this is a journey. And so what is your commitment, your accountability, and your responsibility at this point? And so for some, they have gotten it. And they have made that commitment. They've taken the responsibility to implement not only the right people, but the right policies, but actually shift and change and understand that they're dealing with people. Others jumped on the bandwagon as a trend and was like, yeah, pick me, pick me, because their colleagues were yelling, pick me, pick me. And then they realized 
you will hear the phrase in DEI, you must do the work. Mm-hmm. They realize you must do the work. Woo! You know, I, I'll act like I'm back in Japan. So does nay. That means I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is hard. How do we do this? And so we are still at this point, people going, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, I think the frustration for me, Leslie, because I've, I've been around a little, little while, is like it just seems like a history is repeating itself again. It's like, and you know, after after the murder of George Floyd, you know, everyone was all up in arms about about this topic, and you know, it's, it's everyone's acting all serious about it. But it's like I always just had this doubt in the back of my mind. I said, okay, yeah, let's see what happens a year or two from now and see if this stuff actually gets done this time. And here we are. Right. And I mean, I've been working with clients that was supposed to be four month contracts that a year and a half later, we're still working together because they understand that it doesn't finish. There isn't the checklist. And I always, when people ask me for that checklist, I go, well, if I knew that, I would be sitting on the palm trees having this conversation (laughs) because I would not be be working as hard as I am to say you have to do the work. You have to be committed to understand that it's not about you. I was reading Adweek and insider.com for show prep. And um, in terms of like, company positioning and branding and marketing, and then trying to expand internationally. One of the things that people have been saying is they want to do this all in a way that's very thoughtful, but not driven by the headlines and driven by the ongoing tragedies and to somehow separate off the DEI program that they're implementing to have it be a standalone and not third rail. That's at least what what some people are saying. I mean, falling off my chair without falling off my chair. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that discussion? I think they are unbelievably a hundred percent wrong and I need them to call me immediately. DEI number one is not a program. Diversity, Mm -hmm. equity, inclusion is not a program. It's not an execution. It needs to be part of the foundation of any company. If it's not part of the foundation that you care, then what is it? It's not a standalone. How do you tell people that don't look like you, sound like you, and walk like you, go stand over there? That's segregation within inclusion. And yes, I said, it's segregation within inclusion. You cannot do that, nor should you do that. Yet that's the easy fallout for companies to say, look, we're doing that over there. But your employees work here. So what is that saying to them? You want them to be committed to you, but you won't be committed to their humanity? Mm-hmm. How do you get the, uh, you know, so diversity and inclusion is like, how do you get the, you know, the Asian folks, you know, from, you know, being only with the Asian folks and the black folks only sitting at the, you know, at their table and everything like that. And it's like, cause we gotta, we gotta draw them in so that, you know, we're all playing and working well together, you know, not, not separately. Well, you have to create that culture of inclusion. If you, if someone comes in and they immediately see, or even in an interview, right? You say to me, oh, Leslie, you're going to love Tyrone and you're going to love Cynthia. And I look over and Tyrone and Cynthia are the only two black people sitting there. I already know that your mindset is not one of inclusion because you automatically think I'm just, because we're all the same color, we're going to get along. No. And it's just like building these uh, ERG, you know, little groups. We're going to have the black folks over there and the Hispanic folks over there and the Asian folks over there. I don't need to sit across the table to another black folks and tell me what their issue is. We already know the issues. Who's the conduit between the, the diversity of group, which is also disabilities, you know, mm-hmm. is also LGBTQ plus who's the person that understands the issues 
or concerns and going back to leadership to have that discussion. If you separate, that's why I always say it's segregation within inclusion and be like, oh, look, we got groups. Most of those groups, what are you doing? You're just sitting across having the same conversation and nothing gets executed. So it's up to leadership to build an inclusive environment to say that there is equity here within this company, meaning we understand individually kind of what you need to grow and to build and to, to shift. So we're struggling at that level. And now we want to talk about up-leveling it then as like, and now let's talk about international business. So now Indians and Australians and Middle Easterners and, you know, and Asians and Japanese and Chinese, uh, boy, um, how, how do we get our arms around all of that? Number one, it's not about you. So that's the first thing I say to everyone. Because it's always, and, and having lived in Japan and had a successful business in Japan, everyone went, how did you do that? You did what no other American company could do. And you're not even a company at that point. It was me. Because I didn't create the theater to the things that I wanted. I created to the consumer for which I was speaking to and understood how my brand would fit into the culture. And so we're so big and bold as Americans that we go over and say, well, this is how we do it over here. And we're not doing it very well over here. But yet we're going to impose what we think may work in another culture. This not. So here's the big thing. Nothing about us without us. If you're not familiar with that phrase, it started from the disability community in South Africa. It has grown as a rallying cry for our Blacks and African-Americans. It has now grown for a rallying cry for LGBTQ+, for for across the board. If you are trying to build something, anything, whether it's a policy, a procedure, a program, a business in a different country, how are you doing that without having us as valid voices at the table to understand what we need and what works here? And then how do you take your brand and value it there. And to flip something you just said earlier, which is it's 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 not over here, it's over there. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. You know. So what are, issue. what are some of the leadership skills that our audience might want to be mindful of? Like, hey, I'm lacking in this skill set. I need to to bone up to be able to actively listen and and plug in and have an understanding like you did in Japan. Um mm-hmm. What should they be pursuing in terms of professional development to make them succeed more within the the space? One, they need to find someone that they honestly trust and click with that can be that sounding board for them. I work with a lot of CEOs as a sounding board. Like I'm an exterior person, so I'm not looking for a raise. (laughs) I'm not jockeying for a position. I'm honestly going to say you missed the mark on that. Or did you hear what they said? They said... They didn't need it, but they said it in a nicer way. But you kept going saying, but this is what we're giving you. And I can pull that back and we can take the layers down. So you need to have someone that's listening also with a different ear than you. That's going to be honest with you to say, have you thought about, have you bought in? Can we call? I have this resource for you and not be so bold of a leader to think you can lead without having all the knowledge. Having somebody can call you on your bullshit in a respectful way is a huge asset. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what it really is because we get to a certain level as leaders that we also, the perception of having to know everything starts to play on us. The title starts to play. Well, it means nothing if you can't actively listen to someone giving you information. 
Mm -hmm. Interesting. What are some of the tips you have after being in Europe for 10 years, expanding over there at this current time um, and being cautious about, I, you know, I haven't done any homework on that. would be interested to hear what kind of you see is going on right now. So the approach to diversity equity inclusion is very different in Europe and in Asia. They're focusing a bit more on gender and disabilities. Now, I sat with, and one of the reasons I did it, I was invited to meet with um, kind of the head of, they don't call it diversity inclusion there, but in, in Israel, and to hear her speak about diversity. And I was like, wait, 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 let's go back. Because I just came from Israel. I need, I need more. I need more of the information. What does that look like and sound like to you? Whether it's the Palestinian women and jobs or how they work with companies that if they get so many complaints, the state that actually a country comes in and takes reviews that company and somebody is monitoring now inside for three years. Wow. And the leadership has to get training and management gets training. And they, you know, you have up until like three, I think it's three times to get formal complaints before somebody comes in and helps you reshape your company. So uh, wouldn't that be amazing? Are we headed that direction here in in the United States? Sorry? Are we headed in that direction here in the United States? No, because, you know, we are, nobody can control us. And it's not about nobody can tell us what to do. (laughs) No one tells us what to do here in this country. And no one is telling anyone what to do. What I always say, my job is not to change anyone's mind. You know, it's the quote on my book. My job is to help you think differently, to realize that it is bigger than you, that there are other people that that don't walk like you, sound like you and look like you, but have just as much, if not more value to situations. And, and, and to open up and allow them to use the talent for which they've been given. And, and really, these are the people you have to sell. I mean, so you have to sell them because they're your customers, but you have to sell them also because we have a labor shortage. In most parts of the world, there's a labor shortage. And so you have to sell them to recruit them to come work for you. And so if, if, you, if, if you think of them as the customer, you know, and it's like, it just you know, doesn't matter. They're the customer. So, so speaking of the labor shortages, like how has that impacted then DEI, whether it be in this country or abroad? It's been interesting on both sides because I've also been um, tasked to help some companies recruit because you know that old saying, you can't find diverse candidates and I call BS on that. (laughs) So I'm like, then hire me, but I'm like, you're going to get a true diverse. I'm not just bringing you black candidates because I'm the first person to say, stop hiring black folks. Stop hiring people of color. Stop hiring LGBTQ. Stop hiring women if you're not prepared internally, culturally, to understand what inclusive looks like. If you're not ready to give equity, not only money, but equity, the understanding on how someone gets promoted and how someone moves through the company, then don't hire anyone. So I work with leadership in the same time I'm working with candidates. And I say to leadership, be clear Candidates are, are also interviewing you mm-hmm. for what type of culture you have set before they walk in, because many of them said we've had a horrible experience and we don't want to keep jumping. Diversity without inclusion just doesn't work. Does not work. And that's whether you're in Europe or in Asia or you're in the United States. It's, and it's not belonging. Let's be clear on that. And if you hear me say this is the one I'm going to get a T-shirt that says this. No one can tell you you belong. 
A book belongs in a bookstore. You as a human being decides where you belong. It's up to a company or organization to, to have, to be inclusive, to understand what inclusive means, to try to set that tone that there's opportunities for you to use your voice, to grow your talents. But you don't belong, you decide where you belong. But you can help make them feel like they belong, right? You can make them feel like they belong, but I want to feel like I, I'm in, that it's an inclusive environment. Not that I have a seat at the table, that my voice is valued at the table. Mm-hmm. See, that's the difference. We can all get a seat at the table. When I speak with, with women groups and they're like, oh, we have a seat at the table. And I'm like, big deal. Mm-hmm. Do you have a valid voice at the table? See, people have to give us seats now. That's a given. But what is your valid voice when you're at that table? So that's what are, difference. What are maybe the top three things that our audience can do or should be doing to realize the inclusion part of that, to make it the final step happen, where the value part comes in? When you're in a meeting, even if it's Zoom, is, are people contributing or is it the same two or three people? If not, you need to have a conversation with those others to say, Am I not facilitating the meeting in a space where you, you know, you have something to say, or I noticed you went to say something and someone else said something and you shut down. What can I do to make sure that your ideas are being heard? Very simple, right? You see someone, you heard someone. As a leader or the facilitator of meetings, it is your responsibility, period, to to call on different people. Now, some people are shy, Mm -hmm. right? And so you can say, I like to open it up. And if there's something anyone would like to say, you can let us know now. Or here's this. Feel free to email me after the meeting. Because some people may not want to speak. Well, I do this thing and I'm wondering if it's the right thing to do. Because if I see someone that's quiet in a meeting or, 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 or someone who's not chimed in or something like that, I'll call on them directly and I'll ask them for their opinion. <laughs> And it's like, you know, so if they're shy or they're being introverted or, you know, don't feel like they have anything that they want to offer or something like that, is, it, is that, am I putting them on the spot and in, in the spirit of trying to include them in the meeting? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you should know as a leader, you have an idea of your employees' personalities. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a conversation that I would have with them. Like, listen, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I do think you are, have some great ideas or I'd love to hear your input in this. If you don't feel comfortable in the meeting, do me a favor, shoot me that email with what you're thinking. And I'll even read it in the next meeting, you know, and to make sure that your voice is being heard within the group. It takes two minutes of our time to step back and say, how can I make sure that I'm getting the best of this person without me deciding what the best for them is? And I think that that's an important point that really bears repeating is, is like, know your people. You know, so know, know what they like to do, what they don't like to do, you know, how they interact with groups, uh, you know, know what motivates them. And it's like, doesn't matter what the color is, doesn't matter what the gender is or any of that other grouping or generation or anything like that. You know, each person is an individual and they all have different motivations, different reasons for showing up to work. Know your people. I, I just big believer in that. Yes. Yeah. Or for an organization once that the leader would do that, but the only reason he did that was not to spotlight somebody's value, but to just make sure that the, that person was paying attention, which that's too. Well, but <laughs> I mean, but really that, you know, your way is way better, but it's, you, you know, can... everything is done in context. Yes. Think about it. 
It's the same thing that he did, but everyone knew his intention mm-hmm. wasn't one of inclusiveness, but one to catch you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so again, as a leader, what's your context when you give these things out? Right. Got it. <laughs> we, we got about a minute left. It's Cavo Group. It's uh, thecavogroup.com. And that's spelled everybody, T-H-E-C-A-V-U group.com. And your Twitter is the same. And so Leslie, um, are you taking new clients? Um, what, what have you got going on? I know you have the book and the podcast. Book and the podcast. I'm taking new clients. I'm opening up an office in Philadelphia soon. So oh, be great. New Congratulations. New York, Hazelnut cannoli at Little Nanya's. I love that place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and love to take clients, work with people that really want to do the work that are here to not change the world, but be open to a shift and understanding of others. I love it. Well, thank you enough for your thoughts today. I think it's, it's been very informative and we appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.